You are listening to the Salty Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Anas Kesto. I'm salty not just because Jesus says you're the salt of the earth, but also because I'm salty in the sense that I'm watching the culture shift towards this progressive ideology, and it's becoming more anti-Christian by the day, and it's been slowly destroying our Christian values. I'm also salty because I'm watching Catholics become very lukewarm in their faith and not standing up and defending against this secular culture. So I'm here to sprinkle in a little bit of flavor. Alright, let's begin. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Okay, I'm sorry, I just had to get that right out of the way. But what is love? The culture says, love is love, right? Isn't that what the woke world is teaching us? They don't really define love, they just say, love is love. Nothing annoys me more than that phrase, love is love. It sounds like one of those phrases that's meant to be simple and straight to the point, but that it can also have so many layers when you dig so deep. But in reality, it just sounds like something someone said while high, trying to be deep and philosophical, like, love is love, man. Like, you just love, you know? Nobody can tell you what to love and who to love, and, you know, you just do it, man. If it feels right, you just gotta do it. Love is love. (coughs) Okay, stop it. It's a bunch of nonsense. The way the world defines love is so garbage, it's no wonder why true love, in a Christian sense, is so unrecognizable. And the worst culprits in redefining love, in my opinion, are the progressive Christians. Progressive Christians try so hard to fit Jesus into the world without trying to fit the world into Jesus, to the point where they fail at doing both, and end up sounding more like an atheist who's spiritual but not religious. Okay, first let's define love. In Pope Benedict XVI's first encyclical from 2005, it was titled Deus Caritas Est, I probably butchered that, I don't know how to speak Latin, but it translates to God is love. So Pope Benedict XVI proposed an answer. Uh, It was actually more of a reminder that God already revealed the answer to us. In the first letter of John, chapter 4, verse 16, the author tells us that God is love, and whoever remains in love remains in God and God in him. And actually before that, in verse 10, um, John says that in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but He loved us and sent His Son as an expiation for our sins. So in that same encyclical, Pope Benedict says that the term love has become one of the most frequently used and misused words. Looking back at it now, how relevant is it, especially today? I wish this encyclical would be read all over the world by every Christian. But because we say we love coffee, we love a TV show, we love our family, we love a car, we love God— we hardly ever stop and reflect on the difference between that love. The more materialistic the world becomes, the more we dilute the word love. To some, sadly, they can't distinguish between their love of coffee or love of a family member or a friend, let alone God. To them, love is love. It's either a warm, fuzzy feeling that they have or a sexual desire that they have towards someone or something. The ancient Greeks understood that there is many different types of love. In particular, there is really four types of love, so much so that the Greek language had four different words for love. The Greeks were amazing. They had words to describe everything in detail, unlike most modern languages where one word can have many different meanings depending on the context. The Greek language, uh, they used four words for love depending on what context you wanted to use it in. And the four words are storge, philia, eros, and agape. Now, storge is that familial love. It's that love between a family member, you know, like a love between a parent and a child or vice versa. Philia is the love of a close friendship, a close bond with someone. Think of a best friend. In the New Testament, Jesus uses that word. 
In John chapter 16, Jesus says, For the Father himself loves, Philia, loves you because you have loved me, Philia, and have come to believe that I come from God. That's to say that God bonded and became personally close to us because we have bonded and became personally close to Christ. Okay, so the third type of love, or the word for love, I'm sorry, is eros, which is a romantic love. Not necessarily just a sexual desire for someone. It's much deeper than that. C.S. Lewis describes it as the difference between wanting women and wanting one particular woman. Now, of course, our fallen nature, we tend to confuse lust with this type of love, eros. And finally, the ultimate type of love, the word is agape. This is, like I said, the ultimate type of love. It's the unconditional love. It's the type of love where you engage with someone without expecting anything in return. The other three types of love you kind of expect that same love to be reciprocated. But when it comes to agape, no matter what the circumstances are, you don't change how you interact or how you feel about that person, nor would you want anything wrong or bad to happen to that person. When it comes to the first three types of love, the storge, philia, and eros, they're natural. We derive some type of benefit from them. When it comes to agape, though, that's often not the case. That's why it's the perfect type of love that only God can fully express. He died on the cross for our sins. He gets no benefit from it. In fact, he gets the opposite. He was brutally beaten, humiliated, and killed on the cross. But we benefited from that act. We get the ultimate prize, eternal life. That's the act of ultimate sacrifice. So remember when I quoted from 1 John chapter 4 that God is love? Well, the Greek text, it actually uses the word agapos, which really means that he's the source of that agape love. The New Testament uses the word agape 200 times. Uh, the most notable one is the Golden Rule, where we are told to love, agape, God, with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and agape, our neighbor, as we agape ourselves. The Bible also warns us not to agape things of the world. Like in First John, the first letter of John, chapter uh, 2, uh, he says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And in the Greek text, the word for love is agape. Agape strongly desires the good of the other that it's willing to sacrifice itself. That's ultimately what we're called to do. That's what love should be. Even Jesus says in John chapter 15, he says, No one has greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. There goes that word agape again. But that's one of the problems with the world, most especially with progressive Christianity, is its false view of love. What they call love isn't really love. So God is love, and he commands us to love. So far, so good. But God doesn't stop there. He tells us how to love. This is the part that progressive Christians and just the progressive society in general seems to miss. They want to love on their own terms, not on God's terms. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, this is where the love is patient, love is kind, everybody's heard it in every wedding. In that, towards the end of when he's explaining about love, he says, Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. So real love doesn't affirm and celebrate something that God says is wrong. Uh, in fact, Paul goes further in, in Romans, in chapter 13, he writes, Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandments are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to neighbor, therefore love is fulfilling of the law. Now, every time Paul uses the word love in the verse, he uses the word agape. Now, notice what Paul is doing here, though. He's linking loving my neighbor to following God's moral law. That's why he starts listing these commandments. In other words, God's commands show us how to love. 
When I'm truly loving my neighbor, I am fulfilling, not breaking God's commands. In fact, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love doesn't trump God's command. Love obeys God's commands. In uh, the first letter of John chapter 5, and I'm going to probably talk about this letter a lot. You should go read it. It's really about love. Almost the whole entire thing is about God's love. But in chapter 5, he says, By this we know we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. And he repeats the same thing in his second letter in chapter 6. He says, And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. Now, sadly, we're being taught that tolerance and acceptance is love. Tolerance and acceptance, the other two buzzwords that are being used by the progressive world culture, they preach that tolerating and accepting someone, regardless of whether they're moral or immoral, or if they're contradicting church teachings, or stand and preach for things that directly contradict church teachings, that if we tolerate these people, that's what love is. That can't be further from the truth. The funny thing is, when you tolerate something, it means you're against it. But the progressives are typically bad at language and words, so they just kind of sort of make things up as they go. When we tolerate pain, for example, it doesn't mean we love it. It doesn't mean we love the pain because we're tolerating it. In fact, if we continue to tolerate the pain without treating the source of the pain, that's not a good thing. Why in the world would a Catholic be told to tolerate something that we know is wrong, immoral, hurtful, not just to the person's soul, but also hurtful to the church as a whole? Why should we tolerate? I also kind of find it hypocritical that those who preach tolerance expect me, a Catholic, to tolerate their behavior that goes against what I believe to be the truth, but they don't extend that same courtesy in tolerating me and what I believe that goes against their whatever the heck they stand for. It's a complete double standard. This is why us as Catholics, we should have a huge problem with this love is love nonsense. The message uh, of that slogan is a no-brainer. You know, male or female or one of the other 6,823 genders, who cares? Love is love. It's all good. And props to the people who came up with this slogan, probably inspired by some (laughs) not good spirits, because this slogan appeals to something that a human desires, romantic love. It's a clever piece of propaganda, credit where credit is due. Because who wants to fight against love? Do any of us want to be told that our love is illegitimate? So in the name of tolerance and acceptance and love, this phrase goes on and wins the support of the so-called gay marriage. Love is love cannot be true. As I explained earlier, there are different types of love. The person we love determines what kind of love we're expressing. The way a husband loves his wife is different than the way he loves his parents or his friends, hopefully. Otherwise, we would have a bizarre situation. But if we take love is love on its face value and the way the culture seems to define it, then there's absolutely nothing wrong with things like incest, pedophilia, polygamy, and any other types of sexual relations between anyone. But we know that's not true. You know why? Because the culture seems to cherry-pick what is and what isn't love. Some of the unnatural and immoral relations are perfectly fine, and love is love. But the other kinds are not. Again, it's that double standard. But don't be surprised if in the future, the things that seem to be too taboo right now will become acceptable by the culture. I mean, just 10 years ago, if I told you that in the near future, one could get in trouble and possibly lose their job and get kicked off of all social media just for saying something like, men cannot be women, you'd think I'm a conspiracy theory nut job. But in this culture, where we totally confused and redefine what love is, we see that telling someone who's clearly confused about their gender and sexuality, who should absolutely be, we should be loving and compassionate towards and want to help them. If we tell that person that the way that they're behaving and acting is immoral and that they should turn to the Lord, offer up that suffering to the Lord, and then seek professional help. If we just tell them that, which is totally loving thing to do, by the way, we're told that we are not being loving. 
we're the ones that are being intolerant and you know not accepting. But keep in mind, all of God's commandments describe love. We love others by keeping God's commandments, not by rejecting them or encouraging others who are not keeping the commandments that they're just fine. The world wants to make you, the Catholic, look like the bad person in this situation. And guess what? Many Catholics have become soft in their fight against the culture and allowed the culture to bully them into pretending this is all normal. That immoral sexual behavior is completely fine and you shouldn't judge people. Sadly, this goes all the way up to some priests and bishops as well. The ones who are brave and stand up to the culture don't seem to get too much attention often, and if they do, it's usually very negative attention. The priests and the bishops who bind to the scrap and preach it to confuse more Catholics, they get the mainstream attention and the pats on the backs, frankly from the wrong people. I mean, a certain social media account or two within our Chaldean community that I will not give the pleasure of saying their names, they've publicly attacked our priests and bishop for simply stating gospel truth. Homosexual acts are immoral, Sexual immorality is not the same as love, and, they should, and it should not be celebrated or tolerated, that if we continue to go down in this path, more sexually immoral behavior will become mainstream and become the norm. That was a little bit too much for them, so they just attacked them on social media and made them look like the bad guys. But just remember, the world hates truth. The world hates Jesus because Jesus is truth. The devil hates the way love should be, to the point that he moved an entire culture to redefine the word like they do with many other words. And if you want to go back and check a previous episode I did called Words in Sheep's Clothing, where I talk about how the culture redefines words, I know it's a shameless plug. But the word love has been changed so much that even us Catholics are falling into this distorted reality that's been created. We just have to keep in mind what love really means. And also keep preaching to the world what love is. That God is love itself. God loves with an agape surpassing all others. He had no need to create us, and especially nothing to gain by saving us. He's utterly perfect and self-sufficient within himself as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so he truly didn't need to do any of it. But he did because of agape, that love. St. Paul in his letter to the Romans in chapter 5 writes, God proves his love, agape for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God did not wait until we demonstrated our love towards him. He poured his love out for us while we were still sinners. God's love is so unreal that it almost seems like this love contradicts his own nature. God who needs nothing from us gives us everything and he gave up everything for us. So let's give the world what it truly needs. Agape. Don't be intimidated by those who persecute you. Jesus told us that this world would persecute us. So trust me, if you're getting yelled at by preaching the gospel, it means you're, you're on the right track. The absolute worst thing we can do as Catholics is to give in and try to tone it down and sugarcoat the truth. As a matter of fact, we're not called to be sweet. We're called to be salty. Huh? Huh? Okay, anyway, I'm at the end of the episode. Thank you so much once again for tuning in and for your continued support and prayers. I really do appreciate some of the feedback and messages I've been getting for some of the listeners. Um, please don't forget to check out our other shows by ECRC. We have the Catholic Avengers by the lovely Jeff and Pilar. And we have the Right to be Catholic by Sean A.R. And I know it seems like I don't like him or I don't love him, but I do love him. I do love him. It's just not the agape kind of love. You know, take the lowest form of love, whatever the bare minimum standard of love is, and maybe go down a couple of notches. That's how I feel about Sean. All right. Anyway, I love you all. God bless you all. And be salty. <laughs>